Hey guys, uh, this week I'm going to start with a dedication, a special dedication to a special person. Um, we recorded this episode on December 20th and not knowing what apparently the universe knew and in doing the editing, I realized how perfect the episode is for the current time. Um, on January 3rd at 6.33 a.m., my grandfather took his leave from this earth after a short but valiant fight with COVID. COVID-19 stopped his lungs' ability to push oxygen through his system. Please, if you're hearing this, take this seriously. Don't complain about a mask. Just do it. Um, I'm going to read a short post that I made for him, and then I am also going to let you listen to a short clip of his recording. Uh, I actually caught me at the end, which is what you'll hear him say, your flashlight's on. That was my phone. He caught me recording him, um, but he had just the best stories and the best personality, and I think that clip of him that we're going to share with you really exemplifies that and probably pushes me to be who I am. So this is the post that I wrote for him. You, sir, were a horse of a different color. You lived your life exactly the way you wanted to, and you didn't care one bit what others thought of it. You were always kind and reminded me to treat everyone the same, regardless of where they were from or what they looked like. Selfishly, I'm pissed. I feel cheated because I'm not ready. You were far too young at heart, active and spunky to leave us. But I respect that in the end, you made your choices the way you wanted. Bonus points for giving 2020 the finger on the way out. I have endless gratitude to have called you my grandfather, and I will carry on as many lessons and stories as I possibly can. Most importantly, our laughter and jokes. You always said you just wanted to laugh and to have as much fun as you possibly could. And you certainly did just that right until the very end. I know when I was in the Navy down in Norfolk, they were segregated quite a bit. Mm -hmm. A bunch of us from my division, we went on the bus one night heading to, into town. Yep. One of us was black and we all sat up front. The bus driver says, one of you will have to sit in the back. We all went back. Oh, <laughs> didn't leave. That's ridiculous. So stupid. Your flashlight's on. Hello, and welcome back to Diversity on Fire. This is Heather coming in from New Hampshire. And this is Nina from Iowa. Our goal at Diversity on Fire is to inspire you to think and act differently. 
We'll do this by sharing our open conversations about controversial issues on all types of diversity-related topics. So since this is our first episode of 2021, we really wanted to start by embracing our own individual power to make an impact. Part of embracing our power is acknowledging where it has come from. With that in mind, today we're going to talk about turning negatives into positives. Sometimes this means seeing the light at the end of a long, dark tunnel. Sometimes it means faith that the light is there even when we can't see it. And other times it means creating your own damn light. So this is what we're going to do. Let's roll. Yes. I And I love that idea of creating your own light because sometimes that is what you have to do. You have to be able to manufacture something um, that doesn't come from an exterior source, right? And so, oh my gosh, for sure. Especially, especially rolling out of 2020. (laughs) I mean, if you weren't at some point creating your own light or looking so hard for it or having faith that it existed when we couldn't see it, I don't know how you got through. Yeah, you, you have to. And you have to. And, but I, but I love that about, I love that about people. I love, I love what, what I love about people sometimes when I, when I'm not like enraged at them is I love the people who figure out how to bring joy to, to anything. The people who figure out how to make something funny that's not and the people who know how to like grasp at your soul. And sometimes you got to do that for yourself though. And so, but I, I like watching those people and then trying to, you know, basically mimic it for myself. Like learn how to do it for myself. Yeah, absolutely. So our story, let's start off. Let's kind of roll roll it up. So let's package away 2020 and give it a big kiss goodbye. But let's start with our three or a couple, you know, whatever number it is for you. But hardest lessons of 2020, what would you say? All right. So I'll start with my first one and then I'll let you go. And it gives me a chance to think a little bit. But I think one of the things that has been the most challenging for me to accept is that people that I know and love for years don't necessarily have the same priorities that I have. And sometimes that some of my relationships were more shallow than I would have wanted to believe. And so recognizing that some people haven't cared about certain aspects of my existence in the way that I would appreciate them to has been really hard. And I've had to reimagine and or redefine my relationships with some people. And and for me, that's been really challenging. Okay. So just quick, can you expand on the lack of appreciation for your existence. Is that tied to something super specific or is it like a general just feeling that they don't give a crap? So when, so when you participate in life, right, there's, there's different things that we go through. And so us being women, uh, me being black, um, socioeconomically, there's just certain things that kind of come up in, in society and, and for me, it's just been what would seem superficial with sometimes with Facebook conversations or things like that. But when you have something that you're really emotionally invested in, like a cause or a purpose, and people like 
laugh at it, especially laughing at it, like some kind of mocking of it or diminishing it, especially when you're, it's something that um, really touches your soul. So for me specifically, um, people dying is something that bothers me a lot because I lost my mom and I lost my brother and such a son. So I take that very seriously for myself and for other people. Some people don't. And so there's a recognition that your pain isn't as important to them as you would like it to be, right? Whether or not it's their responsibility is an open question and a fair one, but you do have to decide if your connection to somebody is strong enough to withstand their not caring about things that you find deeply personal and important. All right. That makes sense. So kind of one of my top hard three lessons, and it's kind of been an ongoing lesson, but is um, business and finance. So uh, com- coming up to your first one, it sounds a little weird, but there I have better ones too. But anyways, uh, <laughs> so the reason why this was first and foremost is obviously as a business owner, I don't work for a company where I have paid leave. I don't have a backup. You know what I mean? I do my work. And if I can't do my work, well, guess what? You don't make money. And so this year was obviously a really stark example of what can happen when things shift outside of what you're expecting. So I've done in terms of business about half of what I did last year. And this is not a poor me anything because I am doing just fine. I know there are so many people that are struggling a lot, a lot, lot, lot. But I do think it's important to step back and realize, yeah, remember when they said you should have a buffer plan? You should really have a buffer plan. Right. You know what I mean? You should have savings and you should be creative and you have to be ba- big on the bounce back game. You know what I mean? So those things I've really paid close attention to and I've started to engage more with this year because it's hard to swallow when things all of a sudden change drastically from what they were. So in and in that lesson for you, because we're not young puppies, I mean, we're not old ladies yet either, but has there been kind of a recognition of maybe vulnerabilities for when you get older and having that nest egg and, and you know, having that sand shift? Well, I'd like to say that I am not a young puppy or an old person, but I also don't think I'm middle aged. So let's just make it clear that I am as young as I decide to be. <laughs> okay. So there's that. I'm, I feel pretty young. And no, it hasn't. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I guess I am not concerned with a nest egg for retirement because that's something that's different than your regular expenses. Um, In my mind, it's a separate account. You know what I mean? It's a separate savings. It's something, it's it's different. And, And I guess also because... Maybe in my mind, I realize what's happening now is a temporary situation. And so in the long game, when you're talking about retirement and nest eggs and things like that, you're talking about just consistency over a long period of time. And I feel like even though 2020 feels like it was like halfway the end of the world, I know that it's not. So it's kind of just a blip in that game. Okay. So it was really more just kind of having your goals derailed and just having to refocus them for you. Yes. So, and in and, and in what I do, adapting to the mindset shifts when people start to feel scared, 
and when they tighten their purses and they don't act the same. You know, you you build a business based on experience and based on the human interactions that you've had. And when something like this happens, the word unprecedented has probably been used more times this year than maybe, well, oh, any other time in last my Last 10 years together. Yeah. yeah. So when people aren't expecting something, it gets them scared. So even if they're in a situation, like I would say my situation is where they're fine, your bills are paid, it still makes you act differently and re- react to things in ways that you wouldn't normally. So I think it's, yeah, it's definitely just been figuring out a new way of doing things. Yeah. I, I, and that makes sense because change is super hard, especially, especially when you're so mapped out, um, which incidentally is, is kind of part of my challenge this year in a lot of ways for me, hasn't been that difficult um, in some ways. And then in other ways, so I would say my personal challenges are more long-term and it's part of the reason that when I, you know, talk to our guests, I ask them a lot about things in the past because I found that they do tend to follow. And so if I think about like the second hard lesson for me, it's accepting my role in things. And so learning when I am responsible consciously or subconsciously for how some things are are going and trying to learn how to navigate that without leaving, losing myself in the process, which sounds so kind of like wishy-wishy, like what does that even mean? But I think that sometimes you find that you've been on a path for so long, you don't know why you're there, you don't know how you got there. And you don't even know what it means. You don't know what it means to turn into something else. And so when we're talking about the hierarchy of needs, 2019 for me was me leaving a home I'd been out for 19 years, me losing my dog I'd had for 15 years, me losing some of the important people in my life that I'd had for a lot of years. And so all of that tragedy happened in 2019. And then 2020 was me reestablishing myself without all of these things I had for so long and feeling safe, but also feeling completely unmotivated and just, in a sense, comfortably lost, if that makes any sense at all. Yes. I don't know about the comfort thing. Or maybe the comfort is just in that the lack of pressure to do anything because we've been kind of locked downish as uh, I don't know if that's the right term because it sounds so dramatic but essentially we've spent a lot of time by ourselves so the lack of pressure to go out and do social type things allowed you to feel comfortable without having to live life without the things that you had hold on I just said that and it was all really weird but I actually understood what you meant though because 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 being at home I don't have to like worry about dating really because it's not kind of a big deal this year and I don't have to like engage in with other people in the same way for the most part so I've just been able to sit at home and just like watch tv and not really function in society in the same way and that's kind of okay this year so or you know in the last year because you know 2021 is going to be a little bit of a mess for a while but it's been it's been freeing um but there's there's 
that complacency that's also scary because you're not accomplishing anything. You're just treading water, which is not safety. Yeah. No, and I think I get it. So yeah, you didn't you didn't have the pressure of living your life with all of those things that you lost because you didn't have the pressure to go out and live it necessarily. You were just kind of comfortable. And so maybe the lesson can be that I don't know if a whole year is appropriate, maybe two years are appropriate. Everyone has their own timeline, but maybe the lesson is is that it wasn't as bad for you because you needed it. The break. Yeah, I think I did. Um Actually, I do think I did because I what and the nice thing, the lesson to it that I have been experiencing is in doing this podcast and meeting people that are still vibrant and full of life and who've had dramatic challenges, you've gone through their own tests has been that you can always get up still. Whenever that is, you still always have the choice and the option and the ability to get up and move past it. And I feel like 2020 and moving into 2021, I'm starting to recapture some of that essence that I had before because I look at things now and I see a path forward where before I don't know if I was looking for one as opposed to just trying to make sure that I still had, you know, I still had land underneath my feet. I just wanted to make sure I wasn't drowning. And now I'm like, okay, I'm not drowning. I'm actually secure in a way that I haven't been for a while. So now what? That's exciting. That's a really... It's, it is. <laughs> well, it's scary, but it's exciting. Um, So I think... So my second biggest lesson of 2020 is... uh has to do with friendship. And a really hard lesson for me that... Sometimes you have to let go of people that you've been a friend to and acknowledge the fact that you may have been their friend, but they weren't necessarily your friend. And that sucks because I'm not a quitter on people, but, you know, and I don't know, I'm sure you have these relationships too, where you always get the call. You always get the call like when they need something and it's like every conversation is all about them and they never really ask you what's going on with you. And it can look a lot of different ways. It doesn't necessarily have to look like that. But then all of a sudden, you're like, okay, well, I, I'm going to take my time back. I'm going to take my time back now because I'm <laughs> not claiming my this. time. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to take my time back. And so all of a sudden, you're not there anymore. And they're like, I miss you so much. Da, 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 da. And I'm just like, you don't even know me. How do you miss me? All you know is that I sat there and listened to you. And, you know, that was one of the one of the realizations in, in a particular relationship. And another one was... Well, I'm not going to say much about it. I'm pretty sure I know what happened. Um, but, you know, it's just sad. It's just sad because I just love people. And I'm the type of person that, like, we can be friends forever. Like, we don't have to talk every day. Like, but that's what I like. I like deep, meaningful relationships. So it's hard to let those go. But that's been, it's been a lesson this year that sometimes I guess I just have to. You do. And and it's it's part of growing up that... They didn't tell us about, right? They didn't tell us about the challenges of, because you do think when you're younger, you think I'm going to be friends with these people forever. Um, They're going to love me forever. I'm going to love them forever. And there's a recognition that either people do change because that happens, including ourselves. Um, And people have probably made those decisions about us too, right? Um, And that's because I actually read an article um, and I didn't post it on my Facebook. I thought about it, but it was an article today, this morning, 
about how breaking friendships can be just as traumatic as romantic relationships. And I read it and I was like, oh my God, this is so true because they can be devastating emotionally, especially when they've been people you've been connected to for years or at some like root level that they know stuff about you that, that other people don't know. It is, it is painful. It is hard and it, and it's a real thing. Yeah. So that's my lesson number two for 2020. Do you have a third one or you tapped out? You're good. You, you learned it all in 2019. (laughs) You came rolling into 2020 ready for this shit. (laughs) I think that those two (laughs) lessons were enough, honestly. So uh, yeah, I honestly, I, I feel though that, um, and, and we're going to move into that. I feel like those two lessons were enough to help make me figure out how to be a better person for myself. Yeah. So the last one that I had that um, it's been really hard and it's st- I'm still kind of navigating like the full meaning of it and how to basically properly embrace it. But is that um, intent doesn't matter as much as we'd like to think it does. Um, and that the only way it actually matters in the long run is if action is taken. And also if we have the grace and humility to accept and apologize if that intention came across wrong. And, you know, in 2020, we have this big mess that came up in June. Um, Actually, it wasn't even June. It was May, at the end of May, um, with George Floyd that actually started blowing up a lot of different things. And for me, it caused a lot of self-reflection. It caused a lot of frustration. And it made me realize, like, these are not new feelings for me, but I, I am the type of person, and I, and I say this, people can't see me, but I am the person, like I am the white person, blonde hair, blue eyes. Well, it's mostly blonde. Sometimes it's dark, but anyways, <laughs> um, that I can, I don't have to sit with it the same as my brothers and sisters that look differently than me. And I've always taken advantage of that. Not intentionally, but I did because I didn't have to keep thinking about it. Because it didn't keep affecting me. So I would be outraged and I would be upset about something. And my intention was to help. I wanted to do something. I wanted to be there. But guess what, honey? If you intend to put gas in the car when you're empty on the side of the road, it doesn't matter if you intended to or not. It matters whether you did it. And so for me, this is so encompasses so many different aspects of life. But that has been such an important lesson this year is that if you say it, if you intend it, mean it, and fucking do it. I can understand that. And as somebody who has ADD, we have a lot of intentions and not a lot of follow-up. <laughs> so Grace has been my friend uh, for a long time. I, um, but I, but it, it, but it is important. But what I will say to to your commentary on that is, um, so there's that saying about evil flourishing because good men do nothing, right? Standing by and not doing anything. But I will say there is power in recognition. And so what what a great ally does is help out, but also being an ally is just recognizing that the pain exists um, and and making sure that, that those parties understand and feel that because support is also crucial. And so I would say that Sometimes you may not realize how much you affect 
someone else by just being a support system. It, 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 it can be the difference between life and death, frankly. And that sounds dramatic, but it's really not because we can be dead man walking. And so I, I want you to, to appreciate that your friendship and your support it is critically important. And, and I do think that people can contribute in different ways and in those ways can matter equally. So I, I just want to throw that out as a positivity to, to that. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that, but I'm a pusher. So I <laughs> <laughs> like, have to do more, have to do more. So, all right, let's, let's roll into this beautiful year that we've just been gifted 2021. Yes. What are you most excited about this year? Uh, the vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, well, but I say that and I really mean it. I cannot wait to go sit in restaurants again. Um, I know that for me, I can't wait to take a vacation again. I, with a rum drink somewhere on a ocean, I'm so going to do that. Um, what else? Oh, um, Oh, I was I was going to say something else profound, I'm sure. But really just kind of oh, Broadway. I have to go to a Broadway show. So, I I really have embraced embracing life again in the sense of I can't wait till we're in a position where I can show my appreciation for for life and the magic that it has instead of being sequestered away like a Rapunzel, like a black Rapunzel. <laughs> Short hair. You cut off all her hair. Okay. <laughs> That's Rapunzel, what Rapunzel. <laughs> cut off all your hair. <laughs> oh my God. I just really. Rigid cuts. <laughs> <laughs> That's what would have really happened to Rapunzel. Rapunzel would have gone nuts and just cut off all her hair. That's the real story. That's the each. That's a real story. Yeah. No, but all she had to do all day was brush it. So. Oh, she would have been super bored. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So what if. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's true that I was like, oh my God, that's what I did. But um, what would you what would you look forward to? So I I'm excited for just more growth, more enlightenment, um, more adventures, definitely ready to have some adventures. Have some adventures in states. Like I'm lining up my list of states and cities and like uh out, outside of the country. Definitely excited for that. But I think what I'm most grateful for, no. We're not doing grateful, excited about (laughs) what I'm most excited about in 2021 is honestly being here to see it. Yes. That I'm still in the game. I'm still here. I'm still playing. I still got a place on the field. Amen to that. Amen to that. I mean, it's so simple, but like, I really, that I really am. Me too. And that it will be okay. And um, it's just having that renewed faith in living right and what we can accomplish because now i feel like all right god's given me a platform to accomplish stuff and show me how important that can be so i want to take advantage of that and so that would be obviously reaching a bigger and broader audience with this podcast and then following through with what all of those things look like in a in a world where there's so many different people and there's so many different challenges and there's so many different experiences and opening my mind up to all of it. Yeah, it's and I don't know, maybe this is what we come like coming out of a year that feels like, well, 
I think you described it as a shit show. Um, you can say shit show, dumpster fire. There was just so many crazy things. Oh my gosh, I saw this. Uh, someone someone posted this, and I thought it was hilarious. They said that um, at the end of 2019, their suggestion, like their show suggestions, I don't know if they were looking at Netflix, Hulu, whatever. Their so- show suggestions were just tons of like epidemic type shows, or not shows, but movies. You know what I mean? Like world disaster epidemic type shows, and this year, he keeps getting recommended alien invasion shows. <laughs> so he's like, should I take this as a sign? Should we all buckle up? 2020. Well, that is 2021. That's why the government told us that they were that we had UFOs and everyone's like, don't care anymore. <laughs> Not new news. No, I mean, we talked about that. Canada has had a landing pad for decades for decades yeah i you know so weirdly enough and kind of randomly enough i've always believed in aliens and people think that that's weird for me but i think it's i think it's scientifically like or mathematically maybe not scientifically i think it's a mathematically more of a probability than not so i think it's i just i don't think it's a weird thing to think that there's aliens now having them come pick you up and probe you is a whole different discussion, right? So I don't know if I buy into all that. But I'm like, why wouldn't there be other things in the universe? I mean, it's so big. So to me, that's like, that probably is. I'm totally, totally agree. Like, I think, I think where the only reason why people think it's crazy is when they start to think that that means that you believe that they're, they're green and they have big heads and big eyes and that, yeah, if you, if you attach all these things to it, but yeah, I'm the same way. I think it's ridiculous for us to think that earth in the entire solar system, in the entire universe, where the only, you know, earth is the only one that houses human life that or, or life. It doesn't even make any sense to me. So yeah, I'm totally on board with that. So Tell me what you, because I think one of the things um, that I really love about you is that you are a great self-motivator. So um, why don't you share some of your tips on how you are so good at doing that? Well, I think the first thing to acknowledge is that I think we all see each other in the best possible light. So, I mean, I, I totally, totally have the brain fart moments and the moments where I can't get motivated. So it's, that's it happens all the time. I think my I don't know if motivated is what I would say. I started doing this. I have a bazillion and three thousand types of journals, but like I have a journal. It was something that JLD, so he does the um, he has a podcast as well, created, and it basically has you create a morning routine, and then there's four power hours a day. And I know Shaleen had had power hours too. And so the concept of like, if I can, because you can write a bazillion things on a to-do list, but if you focus on what the top four things are that are most important that you need to get done today, that are going to be impactful. For me, this particular journal, just it just resonated with me and it has stuck. Um, and the morning routine became a habit, which is amazing. I don't need to look at anything. I do it. It's just automatic. I think the other thing, and this is probably the most important and this is what I do when I like for myself, but I also do when I'm doing coaching is know your why. And I'm not talking some bullshit why of like, oh, because I want to make more money and I want to be rich. There's not a why of like, oh, I want because I want to travel more. No, 
we take the start of your why and you dig down six levels and you do your why on on multiple. I have three specific right now, different categories of why. So there's a business why, there's a personal why, you know, so, and then you dig down six, at least six levels. And so the point is, by the time you get to that sixth level, you're like, okay, cool. I've got this in lock. So anyways, that's something that if you're having a hard time getting motivated, I strongly suggest you do that because it is not easy. It is not easy to do that at all. So basically, that's what it is. It's my why. So what uh, what tips do you have for people staying motivated? So that sounds amazing. And I do think that whys are super important and also goal setting. And so and we mentioned Shaleen. ShaleenJohnson.com has a push goal journal, which um, sometimes I use, sometimes I don't use. I'm not as consistent as I should be. However, what I will say is when I did goal setting, it was extremely effective for me. And so I'm going to get back in that. Um, I think that having goals that I accomplish is huge for me staying motivated because it's just a little like Hershey's Kisses along the way of kind of getting somewhere. It's just little rewards that let you know that you put something into the universe and the universe granted you the means to get there. And once again, I'm sounding all super wushu wushu, but there's something super exciting about like getting somewhere that you set for yourself that doesn't seem that easy. And that's the big thing. I think that there needs to be challenge in it. I think there needs to be some reward factor in it. Um, of accomplishment. I do think it needs to be your own. I know that in some of the goals I used to set for myself before, they weren't mine. And then they didn't have my real buy-in. And so I didn't really, really want them enough to see them through. So I think that, um, and that's where that why that you mentioned comes in. So I think that really sitting down with yourself and saying, hey, what do I want for myself, not only in the next year, but maybe in the next five years and 10 years and kind of work that back. I, you know, I think the term for it is reverse engineering, but work that back and say, hey, what can I get done this year for 2021? And for me, I'm not setting my goals up particularly high. Um, I'm not. I just, but their progress in a way that I haven't had progress in a while and that's enough for me. I don't think it needs to be some kind of gigantic thing. I just think it needs to be challenging. Yeah, it do, it just needs to be your thing. So everybody is different. Some people have massive massive goals and some people don't and in both ways are perfectly fine. Um I used to think that that everybody had to have huge goals and I realized like it's it's the same with a lot of things. Like we're not all the same. Some people are so happy and so content to live in a town of 200 people where they grew up and not really travel very much, maybe once a year go out of their town, you know, and that's totally, they love it. And that's cool. That is so cool. That is fine. That's not something that I would want, but I don't need to project what I want on someone else because it's really not relevant. So, all right, next big one. Okay. What do you think would be one of the most important things that we as a society, so collective society, should be focused on tackling this year? That's such a big question. Um, but if I were to think about it honestly, I would say that 
focusing on getting to a place where we're attending to our needs as a community. So, you know, in Iowa, we had this inland hurricane, they call it a derecho, where we had, and I don't know if you've, if you have listened to our podcast before, you might have heard it, but we had windstorm of up to 140 miles uh, an hour, which is basically a cat four hurricane. But what I saw in that that I loved is I saw so many people in our community gather around figuring out how to take care of the people who were newly homeless, figuring out how to take care of the people who didn't have any food, didn't have any electricity. I saw, and then in combination with coronavirus, how to keep small businesses afloat. And I saw a real sense of community that I don't know if I've ever seen before. And if, if there's anything that we could do is you know, grow that microcosm at a micro level and and try to expand it, Um, which is, you know, just creating things in our communities at a micro level where we are helping each other. And it just was amazing. So Willie Rayshack, um, he was a a local barbecuer and now he's been with Will Smith. He got like $25,000 from one of these credit card companies. And all it started out with was his meat was going to go bad from the power loss. And then he just cooked it and gave it away. And then it grew because people started donating money and then donating um, like a barbecue cooking thing, whatever you call it, since I don't know how to cook. Roast that. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, whatever a barbecue thing is. But they contributed and it was just everyday people who set some goals up and who worked together to help every other day people. And it turned into this massive explosion of good. And I would love to help be involved with something like that and help other people be involved with something like that because it feeds your soul. It helps the community. And I just think it makes us better people. Oh, oh, so much of all of that. So much of all of that. Yeah. When we say like what we want society to tackle, that sounds huge. That sounds massive and maybe too massive because if we think about society as, you know, at large as like the United States or as the world, then that's, too much to process. So I think you're right in taking it down to a community level, like a local community level, because I do think that's where it starts. I mean, I've seen so many stories like what you're what you're saying and so many stories and also not enough of them, not enough of them. I think we need to be seeing more of them because I think it's happening more and I think it needs to happen more. But I would say what I would wish on communities large and small would be to learn how to listen again. Because I think we have to come together. That doesn't mean we have to agree at all, at all, at all. But we do need to start listening again. Or maybe start listening like we've never listened before. Because that, I believe, is a very powerful thing. When you listen to understand what someone's situation is, Now, all of a sudden, you have the ability to empathize with them more. You still can't live their life. You can't, you know, step in their shoes. But if you start looking at people and listening to people as people again, or uh, I keep saying again, but it's kind of hard to say that because I just wonder, I mean, sometimes we have, but always within our own communities. I don't feel like it's on a large scale been 
people as people. It's always been people in your community that that look like you or sound like you because that's who you can connect with more. So if we start listening. Yeah. So, and I think it was Rasha who had said like, was it Rasha that had told us about the 30 year, the 30 year cycles? Yeah. Okay. So, um, so, so we get to a point where we listen and then what happens is we, we get some progress and we get some changes and then we stop listening, right? Because we think we've overcome it and it might be a level of arrogance really. Um, and then some of the people who didn't like the fact that we were listening, organize, um, and then that gains steam because we get complacent. So I, I think there's a vigilance that's required in that listening to make sure that door never closes. And that's why I think what we're doing is so important because there's so many different ways that that can manifest. And I love how we're tackling different subjects um, because frankly, something that as that I've been thinking about a lot due to, due to various friends challenges is like mothers, what they go through, what people who are not mothers go through because they're not mothers, you know, as a challenge of womanhood, which recently came out with, um, you know, last year with uh, the op-ed with Dr. Biden and the sexism inherent in that. And so even though we are seeing all of these glass ceilings breaking, there's still this undercurrent that we always have to be aware that exists and that we always have to actively work against. Well, I think your example or I think it kind of goes along with if you're breaking glass ceilings, there's going to be glass on the floor, which basically just says if you are doing something that's never been done before, dig in because people are not going to be happy because people get scared and they get challenged and they don't like it. They want things to go the direction they want it to go. And again, if we can listen to why that is, if we can have conversations that involve people that don't think like us with the objective of truly trying to understand their perspective, not have them change our mind, but truly understand their perspective, then maybe we won't just walk around cutting each other. You know, so what you're saying just for me, I think I had just a little bit of a, a light bulb moment because we always talk about not changing people's minds necessarily. But what I realize is because like you said, we don't have to agree. But what I think what we're doing with these conversations and having this discussion is frankly addressing fear and whether or not it's rational and whether or not it's needed. And maybe people won't be so afraid of things if they recognize that really they're just dealing with other people who are different. And so some of this angst and this pain is born of some kind of fear. And so opening those discussions, maybe that's what this really is. Maybe diversity on fire is saying, Hey, let's deal with the fear that we all have and figure out if it's even necessary and warranted. And maybe let's help you get rid of it and dismantle it. Yeah, I agree. And as far as uh, from a personal perspective in that, it's something that I've been trying to do in my own personal life because I, uh, this is going to sound funny coming from like someone that's airing on a podcast, but my personal life, I am pretty buttoned down about. Like I don't really share that much. Um, My family will will confirm this. They don't know if or who I'm ever dating ever. I just don't share. You know, I it's and they kind of stopped asking at this point. But <laughs> it's you're just, like my cousin. Nobody knows what she's doing ever. She's like Carmen San Diego. <laughs> well, but part but part of that is, and this has been really hard. But part of that is that when people don't know, a lot of times they start making assumptions. 
And so when someone makes an assumption on you that's wrong, it's kind of like I used to feel like I would get offended, but I started to switch it to, well, why do you think like that? Like, if you think, oh, Heather is, I I don't know how to, I don't even know what example, Heather hates bunny rabbits. Rather than being like, I totally love bunny rabbits and going into like a 30 minute explanation of all the things I love about bunny rabbits. Maybe I just turn around and say, why do you think I don't like bunny rabbits? What makes you think like that? Because I can talk. I can talk. And I like to over explain everything. And it's not my responsibility to over explain it. And I think I'm hearing that a lot. It's not my responsibility. It's not my responsibility. But you can still have a good conversation about it. So if you ask the other person, okay, so why do you feel like that? Like not in any sort of like negative way, but just like what makes you think that you need to fear this person because they look like that? Like have an open conversation. Let them say what it is rather than assuming, you know? Absolutely. I I hundred yeah, because they look like that or because they love this person or because they haven't chosen to be a stay-at-home mom or because they don't believe in the same God you believe. Why does that strike fear inside of you? Because you know, as we're talking about this, I realize I think that's where a lot of it's coming from. There's there's a latent fear there. And it's weird coming from me because I'm actually scared of kind of everything, incidentally, um, except for people. I'm just not really afraid of people and sometimes probably less afraid than I should be because I've done some things that people thought were insane. And I was like, oh, it's fine. And I was like, oh, I'm probably glad I didn't get serial killed. But Um, but I'm scared of so many things. Like when we went on the trip, I'm scared of water. I'm scared of fire. I'm scared of heights. I'm scared of spiders. I'm scared of mice. I'm scared of a lot. Um, I really am. Um, but then I got the vaccine and I wasn't scared of that. And, and it's weird, but I think, um, and I'm scared of bees, but, um, if you kind of deal with our fear of other people and them living their lives and why that affects you or doesn't affect you, um, or why you can still have a full life and you can still be fully cool with who you are as a person that how somebody else lives isn't a reflection of you or your faith or your values um i think it's so peace giving take our power back so to close out this episode kind of tying to what you just said and i think it really gives us a good kickstart if you take this to heart it gives us a good kickstart into 2021 the quote is a nelson mandela quote and he said I learned that courage was not the absence of fear, but the triumph over it. The brave man is not he who does not feel afraid, but he who conquers that fear. That isn't perfect. (laughs) I don't know what is. So 2021, we're coming, coming at you, 2021. Amen. Whoop. First episode of 2021 in the back. This week's call to action is to embrace the spirit of my amazing Grandpa Levitt and create all the joy and laughter and positivity possible every single day. As a reminder, 
The thoughts and opinions expressed on today's episode are our own. We encourage you to do your own research and come to your own fact-based conclusions. Thank you so much for listening. As always, we are so excited to see where our collective human power can take us in 2021. And if you are listening, we hope you'll stick with us through this amazing journey. Um, If you have a topic that you would like us to discuss or you'd like to be a guest on our show, please reach out by email, info at diversityonfire.com or leave us a voice note. The link for that can be found in the show notes. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Diversity on Fire. If you are enjoying this show, we would very much appreciate a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget, hit subscribe wherever you're listening now so you never miss an episode. Share the show with everyone you know so more people can join in these important conversations. Just a second. Hopefully I can stop this. Holy cow, what is going on today?